0: first ever West of Scotland League season finally got up and running on the weekend but Dalry Thistle have now become the 15th side to withdraw after their opening game of the season was rained off. That's left Conference C a side down but with us we have a manager from that section whose side certainly started on the up. Lanark United are seen as one of the favourites to finish top of the pile but Jamie Nesbitt's Thornywood United produced one of the performances of the weekend with a 3-0 win at Moor Park. Jamie joins us on the show this week. We'll discuss that impressive victory and look forward to their next game against Glasgow-Perthshire as well as some of the other main fixtures this weekend. With no relegation and promotion this season, we'll find out just where the priorities lie at Robertson Park. Plus, we'll look back at Jamie's outstanding spell at Royal Albert, which saw the club win their first title in almost 90 years. It's all here as we go down the divisions. Welcome along for another 60 minutes or so looking at the lower leagues. Well, Paul, football is back in the west of Scotland but it's looked back for a new Mains United just quite yet. No, it's
1: not. Uh, I looked at the curtains last Saturday and I just knew I just knew there was no chance of the game being on. Uh, Dalry contacted us, I think, last Wednesday and said, oh, the pitch is heavy, it could be some doubt. And then when I seen the weather Saturday morning, which was disappointing. And then obviously we tried hard to get a friendly Scrambled around, managed to get a pitch and I put in for permission and we could turn down permission because it was uh, too short notice. I think the rule's 48 hours, so it was a weekend off for us. Unfortunately we play Lanark tomorrow. Uh, our pitch is, is, is looking quite doubtful as well at the moment, so it could be two weeks without it. We said at the beginning of uh, lockdown I, you know, coronavirus is one thing, but we're also trying to get games started now. It's nearly November, so it's, it's always mm. going to be a bit tough, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and there's been more goings-on down at Dalry since uh, since your game was called off, and uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll get into some more about that shortly. Uh, please do keep the comments and suggestions for guests coming. If you're a club in the lower leagues looking for more exposure, we'd also like to hear from you. Send us any post-match audio interviews you have, and we'll play them on the show. Our email address is downthedivisions at gmail.com. That's divisions at gmail.com. Or you can contact us through Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. I'm Chris Ewing, owner of the Caledonian Braves. You're listening to Down the Divisions. Thornywood United manager Jamie Nesbitt is our guest this week. Jamie, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, lads. We'll, uh, we'll chat some more in a moment, but before we do, we've got the all-new down-the-divisions decider. We'll give you four clues for a particular club, then give you the answer at the end of the show. You excited about this, Paul? Do you know the bit I don't like? We have to wait at the end to the answer. I... <sighs> You're not very patient,
1: are you? No. When you know it, you just want to get it out,
0: don't you? Right, well, we'll, we'll see if that's <laughs> the case this week. Uh, This week, the club in question... Currently has no home, mm-hmm. but played it at its last ground for over 100 years. Oh, I've got it. It's named after a Scottish warrior. Bad one. It featured in the very first televised Scottish Junior Cup final in 1977 and lost. And it boasts former players including Marvin Andrews, Chick Charnley. Stevie Chalmers and Andy Ritchie Jamie's Jamie's either noting all these clues down or or googling eh notepad they don't don't (laughs) have a home any ideas Jamie don't give the answer if you do but
1: named after a warrior
0: (laughs) no it's quite unfair about that
1: I give you right good clues last week like oh they've got a gable end everybody knows the gable end there's not even a clue in there
2: anyway well
1: we we'll
0: soldier on. Oh, I see what you did there. Um, soldier on. And they're a junior club. We'll give you the answer at the end of the show. Hmm. Thornywood United boss Jamie Nesbitt is our guest this week. Well, Jamie, it was uh, it was some start to the season for you.
2: Yeah, really good start. Really, really pleasing. Um, I think the the performance on Saturday shows how far we've come on since we took over at Thornywood. Um, I mean, the last time we met Lanark, I think we were winning 2-1. We have about eight minutes to go and lost 3-2. Um, I think everybody will remember that game, you know, pretty well, uh, for for different reasons. But it shows the progress that we've made since since we went in, so it was really pleasing. Um he got to Muirpark. You know, I said uh, earlier I had, I had a few text messages where you know we were really congratulating us, and and you know I speak to Rab Irvine regularly, and Rab text me saying you know, there's not many teams who up there and take three goals off. a of, of the landmark. so you know it, it was a, a really good day and, and, and a, a good performance, a good performance. But it's just it's just three points for us. It's just the start of the season, I suppose. Did,
0: did you have a, a kind of a feeling then that you know with the work you'd done through the lockdown, the boys you brought in, that you had taken things on to a bit of a higher level than when you kind of left off before it?
2: Aye, I did um, before lockdown. I think uh, we'd won five out of six. And then with the with the points per game I think we were placed in seventh, which behind closed doors we kinda of said I don't think we were we were about seventh in that table, you know. We'd gone up to Johnson Borough and, and Jamie had said to us that day, you know, I think you should have won the day just before lockdown. Um and we were unlucky up there. Um so I think we knew we were making progress, we knew we were making steady progress. Um, and then in the close season we worked hard um, to get some some new recruits in, a couple for Royal Albert that I'd had, you know, through the the, the championship side if you if you like, um, and a couple others. Built on top of, you know, probably first division players that we managed to get in to compete in the in the second division before before lockdown. So I think you know we had we had a feeling that we we had improved. Um, and going up there. I just did a, a look at the preseason friendlies and what the you know who'd who played in the lineups and I'm I'm familiar with the side. So uh, so I you know I, I was quietly confident with the way we'd performed in preseason against the opposition we played against um going into the game.
1: I know Jamie you never seen it as a shock result for me when I seen it in Saturday because I, I genuinely believe Larnock would, would go on and, and win this section. We actually spoke about it on the show. Is there a difference in personnel up there at the moment, Alan? Is there a, is it a change of squad, is, or, or is it still the, the, the kind of same
2: same team as last year? No, there's a there's a few there's a couple of new faces that that I hadn't recognised. But the boy eh, Lou Hill, he's back for the go He came off the bench on Saturday. Um, Cami, the centre back, and David Collins, the centre back, are still there. Um, I didn't see the lad Chucky. I don't know if he's injured, or no he he would definitely make a difference to their side. Huge but, uh he's a very very good player, but it looked it looked a lot of, you know, a lot of familiar faces. The lad Gilkey that they signed pre-season. I lost out on him actually. Um Gilkey uh, wasn't playing either, so I, I, they might have had a couple of injuries on Saturday. Um but it looked it looked more or less more or less the same.
0: How did you find the whole obviously I know you've played pre-season games, you probably Getting used to changing on the side of a park and everything now. How 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 was uh how did all that kind of go, particularly when it wasn't a good weekend weather wise, was it? Uh,
2: the weather was all right. during the game it never rained. It rained just before kickoff and then rained at full time, so that was convenient. Um we were just we're just adapting and, and, and getting on with, it, you know. I'm for Burghley, so we used to go at the back for the toilet. So um, you know, it, was, it was it was easy and it's easy enough for me to adapt to it. Everybody Burghley will understand it enough. But on a, on a serious note, you know, I, I I fought really hard for us to play football because, as I said there, I felt we worked really hard to build and I felt we progressed as a squad. So for me, if we stopped, you don't know what's going to happen with those boys. Where they're going to go? Where they're going to play? You know, and if you're thirty five and you're thinking about this is my last season, oh well, you're finished, aren't you? You're not you're yeah. not coming back. So so it was really important to get football to get football on. And a credit to the boys, not one of the boys has came and said to me, Gaffer, why are you handing out strips? This is a shambles. You know, why are we getting changed here? Why are we arriving like this? Nobody's nobody's came in and, and said that. Which was pleasing.
1: What was the the view of the Thornneywood Board as I say, we've seen fifteen teams now pull out. Was it ever in debt? were you guys ever contemplating not competing this year or was it something that was just
2: we're going for it and that's it? No, we had a when when they um remember when they gave the suggestions, one one, two, three, mm-hmm. whatever it was, you know, I think it was play, pause, or wait to next year, it was something like that, wasn't it? So we're all in a chat together and we had a we had a, a chat run about it. Um and the guys that were willing to commit the committee uh, on a Saturday said let's go. The guys who want to commit but feel it's a risk said let's pause. And obviously has FIPA managers and FIPA players, we said we're playing. So there was enough there to support it. You know, if we are I suppose re- reducing reduction of risk or a reduction of risk for COVID to be there on a Saturday to, to, to do the job. Um and the guys who are who are you know feel it's a bit of risk and are are, are not willing to go and be there. They're working in the background. You know, my secretary, Ian, I take my hat off to Ian. You know, he's got elderly parents. He sees it as a risk, but he's done it in the background. He's done it like like what we're doing. You know, ordinarily, you might do this in a studio. We do this over a call. He's done everything with me over a call, signing players, documents emailed, documents dropped off. And I respect that. I think I think you've got to have a helicopter view of the whole situation. I don't think you can you can go and decry somebody for saying, well, you know, we're no playing because you can have your opinion on it. But I think you've got to be respectful of it. And I said that to the guys in the committee. Look, like, we'll be respectful of whatever decision you make. However, think about it from your point of view. Think about what we've done. Think about what we've built, and then come to your come to your decision on what on what it is you you see fit. And for us, luckily enough, for us. You know, they took the, you know, what's the players saying? What's the players' view? Well, the players want to play. Right, okay. As long as there's enough there to get on with it and we do it safely. And let me tell you, <laughs> there is no club out there, other, uh, uh, there's no club out there like Thornywood who are following the guidelines the way they're following the guidelines. And I mean that. I know so everybody's nice. out there doing what, they, doing what they, they need to do, but, you know, if I've said, could we do this? How do we do that? Here's a worker and it's, there's the, guidelines. There's the
1: that's, guidelines That's fantastic We had Paul Kelly on last week St Knox manager And he changed, he's changed my thinking throughout the week Because I can, I, I'm like you I had the view that Whoever didn't want to play doesn't play And then they come back in and nobody, and nobody should be punished for that But do you feel as a club that's competing now And as Paul brought this up that I'm not saying we're getting punished But there should be more for us, the teams that are, have decided to compete because we seem to be protecting the teams that are not competing, but yeah, we, we, we've we decided to go ahead, we feel it's safe for us to go ahead and do it yet, you know, at the end of this
2: season there's not really going to be anything in it for us I heard the I heard the interview, I thought Paul spoke really, really well and, and he threw up some interesting points around um, you know, did they really watch the play because three of the Three of the opportunities are for not to play and want to yeah. play i heard that I, I get his point of view i understand it for me i, I once asked i once asked the uh, rab Irvin about what medals he'd won and he said to me i use my medals as coasters in the hoofs Jamie right when i played <laughs> for him. so as long as there's a trophy and a medal at the end of it, it's competitive for me and uh, you know once you've won a trophy. And I've only won one in the juniors, right? I've not got coasters in, in my house yet. But once once you win one, you've got that buzz to go and win it. And I get it, I get it's financial. I get it's financial. Why would you go and throw X amount of budget away this year, you know, to just win the trophy or no be promoted or, or or anything like that? And I speak to um to John McCune regularly as well, and, and John was saying to me, I was one point away for the Premier League. I'm now two years away for it, mm-hmm. by the way they set up as. And I I get that. I I totally respect it. Um, But from my point of view, if there's a trophy to be won and medals to be handed out, then I want to be competing for it. I want to do the best that I can. And I'm sure others will have that opinion and I'm sure others others will say, you know, he's off, he's not. There's nothing to play for, which is fine. I respect that. That's that's okay.
0: I'm kind of intrigued by that as well because uh, I suppose the other way you look at it could be that you say your budget for next season, when promotion and relegation is there, if you like. I mean, have you and the did you and the committee have to have that chat to see about how you how you went about this season, if and when you you did participate?
2: We we've had that we've had the chat. Um, the committee in, in the the beginning have said to me, look, let's see how we go over the next few months. Um, you know, we're no cash rich. You know, there are no cash rich. there's a social club that's, that's let out. That's it. You know There's no big sponsor. There's no big money man at the club. And I've been honest and up front with the players from the beginning. We don't have a big budget, right? We're nowhere near. We we'll have we would have had nowhere near the biggest budget in the second division. Nowhere near it. Um, but we do have a, a small budget for expenses for, for the lads. But I've been honest with the lads and up front and said, spoke to the committee the vastest to look at it, you know, till Christmas, and we'll see, we'll see how it goes for there. Now, these bigger clubs that are talking about fans not getting in, I saw an article today talking about the 6th of November where they start trialling, getting fans in. I also heard Jason Leach talking about it might be easier to have fans in smaller grounds to see how it works before we put it into a big stadia. Why not at our level? Yeah, They're absolutely. They're vast. The grounds are vast, New means is vast, Thornywood is vast, the majority of clubs that have came through junior to west of Scotland, they're vast, you could do two metre social distancing, no bother at all, and if you want to you try and reduce the risk further by saying, guys when you're at the game you need to wear a mask, do it. I watched the documentary about Burry, Um if you've not realised by now I'm a bit fit daft right, <laughs> watched the documentary about Burry, and I think it was filmed in the summer, but they were allowed... Because they are under tier six in England, they were allowed to sell 45 tickets to get people in the ground. we in the United Kingdom. Why is it, different? Why is and it if, different?
1: And of course, the crazy thing is as well, you know, I hear this week or last weekend the Manchester City-West Ham game was a lunchtime kickoff and they've opened the multiplex cinema. Like let 500 fans into a multiplex cinema to watch that game. Where you've got the Olympic Stadium, if, if, if that's what it's called, is it the West Ham's ground, lying empty? Now those 500 fans would have been better spread out around that stadium. It's just, it's just crazy. And again, you not know, going back to Paul Kelly last week, we said you know his place would be packed out, socially distance, of course. Yeah. Uh, if you know if the Celtic fans are not getting in, and likewise, even if they kind of regionalised it a little bit if we all played in the same kind of league, whether we get the Gow or uh, Lanark all coming to, to New Mains, up to would we would get the crowds in there and it, it'd actually be better, I think. I think we would actually see a bit of, a, a bit of an upside to it all.
2: Well, how many, uh, how many punters out there have no been and watched a game of football and for how long? Yeah. You know, I, I just think Again, if you have that helicopter view, I saw a tweet earlier about Del Rye, um where they've, they've obviously pulled out saying the distance we're travelling is, is too much, right? And then I saw a reply to an official talking about the miles' dif- distance it would have travelled if it was a regional league. Nobody's looking to portion blame. Mm-hmm. That's what I said. You've got to be respectful. Nobody's looking to portion blame on who said this or who said that. In theory, if you're talking about a Lanarkshire league, the majority of my players are from Lanarkshire. I've got mm-hmm. two from Glasgow. The rest yeah. are, la- are now Lanarkshire-based. So we've got that luxury where we're pulling players for that catchment area. Mm-hmm. Those players are travelling to Thornwood. They would then be travelling, as you say, up to New Mains and then back up the road. Yeah. I just think that that would have been, you know, it would have been more suited for us at, at our level. It, it would have been... Um, but as I say, they've, they've went with it. So you, you've, just got, you've got to go on with it. Absolutely.
0: You, you mentioned Dalry there. We're recording this on Tuesday evening, so it's earlier today. Dalry put out a statement. I'll just, I'll just read it out. Um, After consideration, the misjudgment of the league committee to draw our club into a league travelling a minimum of 35 minutes to one hour, 15 minutes every second week without changing facilities has forced us to withdraw from this season's West of Scotland Football League. The additional cost of such travel, on top of the financial pressures already involved, is a step too far. Along with players travelling home such distances without a shower means we have no other option. There has been no consideration for our circumstances and being the only Ayrshire side in the league, we feel very harshly penalised. The club wanted to continue, but all reasons stated above have forced our withdrawal. With a common sense government guidelines of keeping travel to a minimum and restricting mixing different areas of the country we find it irresponsible to commit to a league which would comp- compromise the health of our players, staff and the community of Dalry. Do, do, do you guys find that strange that in the space of, well, this time last week all seemed to be fine and and now all of a sudden it's not?
1: First of all, I respect it. I respect <laughs> it. And when you, when you when you read the, the, the names out and, and the travelling they have and it's a decision they've took, so, you, so you've got to respect it. Uh, I find it strange if we could have played them last week and this week they pull out. That would have been, I think, for us, because I don't even know how the points would have worked in that Had we all hypothet- hypothetically won last week, would that mean the points have been taken off of us? And then there was an expense of us having to travel down there last week. So, uh, thankfully, the, the game didn't go ahead last week. So, from that point of view, if teams are going to pull out because I think they've got up until, is it the 14th of November? Is that the is that the cut off point, Jamie? I think it is. Yeah. Like, it's unfair. Uh, that would have been unfair new means. Personally, I'm looking out for my own team, my own players. That would have been unfair us going down there. Maybe they took the decision, well, do you know what? Our part was a ball glass. We, we couldn't play on it. Now we've got to, we're on the road for the next three weeks or whatever. We've got to travel must call it a day. That's only my... I respect their decision for doing it, but thankfully they hadn't kicked the ball before they
2: done it. I I understand where they're coming from. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure Gavin Friels and Chris McGowan are the management team in there. And those, those guys played at the top level of junior football their whole career. So they would have been... I imagine... I don't know the guys personally, but I imagine they'd have been bursting to play. But as you say... You've got to respect their decision. And Paul, that's actually happened to me. So when I played for Royal Albert, we we were sat in a promotion place and Stonehouse Violet had started the season and dropped out the season. We played them twice, beat them twice, and we went through being third in the league, thinking we've got a cracking opportunity here to, to lose in six points of the two games they took the points off us. And we dropped we dropped out the promotion place at that point. And that's what, that's so, what would have happened. So because nobody else... Because other teams didn't have the benefit of playing them, winning or losing or drawing, then the points just, just come off you. So and
1: that as would you know, have been the that
2: played them it lost the points. That would have been a derby for you as well, was it not up there? Ah that was a that was a die. That was the the the, the Royal Albert boys will tell you that's the real derby. Is that right? That's the real derby.
0: But I mean again with them pulling out now it does it does well A it leaves conference see up in the air a little bit, I suppose. I mean, we're going to find out what's going to happen, presumably, in the days to come. But, I mean, you mentioned the cut-off date, Paul. I mean, Jamie, this could go on for the next uh, next week, couldn't it? Next week or two. You know, there could be other teams pulling it. Aye, there could be. They've left it open until the 14th of November. But, you know,
2: if circumstances change after the 14th of November, how can you, how can you punish somebody who's decided that they've tried it you know, and it's not—it's not really worked out. I don't—I don't know, but it's a bit. It could become a bit stop-start if I'm honest. But
1: I—I I think it may work out better because I think we're now roughly about 20 games we have got to play. So it actually might—it actually might work out—a uh, work out better because the season. We're also trying to fit this short season in before the next yeah. season starts. So it actually, it actually might work out
0: better. Uh, I mean, we talked about. Darvall's pitch being waterlogged. Um, I mean, if we just have a quick look at the opening weekend, I mean, in the, in the Premier League, I guess we've mentioned them plenty of times on this show, Darvall, Kirk and Rob Roy, they, they, they opened the season and I think they had to switch the game down to uh, down to Darvall because of uh, Guy's Meadow being waterlogged. Two guys who played in the seniors, Ross Caldwell and Jordan Cook-Patrick scored. Alan McKenzie also scored as well. In their eyes, Mick Kennedy. We had Mick Kennedy on the show. That'll be that'll be the first win of, uh, of many. Jamie, no doubt. And can, can you see them kind of steamrolling that division a little bit now with, with the teams that are left?
2: They look strong, don't they? They look strong. Um, I think they'll be one of the favourites, but being kind of junior, died in the world junior, we all know that, you know, it'll, it'll take some beating with some of the other names that are in there. You know, I think... Uh, if you're Dan Henderson at Hurlford, you'll be going about your business quietly and you'll be you'll be seeing how the how it comes when you play against them. But you know, I'd watched Corville Park a few times and um, turned in countless friendlies against them <laughs> <laughs> because they were a proper football team and plays football the right way. So I think they've got to be one of the favourites and they look a really strong squad. But listen that you know, this is what it's all about. There was a there was a point I heard Swifties interview, there was a point when every medal were you know, were up there and they were going and challenging the other teams I'm talking like Talbot and teams like that about longevity, haven't they? You know, so but none of them are in it, you know. So if if Darvall are strong enough then they'll be they'll be there or thereabouts. But I imagine teams like Trun and Reid and Hurlford will have something to say about that.
0: And, and and the games coming up this weekend, we you know, we've got uh Clydebank Hurlford Darvel, Ben Burb, Kilwinning Rangers, Blanty Victoria. Cook Rob Roy against Beath, Rossville against Evan Meadow, rather Glen against Largs, and Troon against Cumbernaud United. Where, where do you see the pick of the games in on Saturday, weather permitting?
2: I think uh, I think the Blantervics game will be good. It's good to see how they've started. When we were at Royal Albert we played against them first day of the season in the first division. And uh, they scored I think they scored the last minute goal to beat us two one. So it just goes to show you know what can happen with progression they're now in, the, in the top league and they go and draw at the weekend so I think that'll be an interesting fixture as well this weekend Absolutely
0: Obviously uh, Dalry against New Mains was not the only call-off amongst uh, the conference games there were only two games played in Conference A Bells Hill, 3, Renfrew 3, Craigmark Batonian's 7 Ardia Thistle 2 Plenty goals at goals uh, at Station Park. Um, was, I mean, I know and maybe struggled in recent seasons. Um, do we read much into that result?
1: I think we read more into the Bells result because I think, I'm, I'm not entirely sure, but I think they were possibly 2-0 down at half-time and for them to come back into the game, a team like Renfrew, who, again, I thought would have been... Oh, they will be Renfrew will be I think at the, the the top end of that division. Don't know about you, Jamie. I don't know if you've seen much of Bellseller if
2: you've you've played them in pre-season or that Um, I, I've not seen them. We were scheduled to play them, but it ended up off. Um, I think they were three-one down at one point through what I read, and I think they pulled it back to three each. Um, I think Matty Clark scored to make it three-three. Was a, another guy I lost it on. I keep yeah. talking about people that I lost Great it on player. this season. Hey? Matty's a <laughs> Matty's a good player, I. But um, I mean, Dell and Davy, they're, they're enthusiastic. They'll they'll drive them on, and they've actually they also got a coach in there, a lad called Colin Riley. You maybe never heard that name, but Colin was actually a Burgandy lad. He was capped at Scotland all levels up to 21. He was full time at Dundee United, and he's been at, he's been at in Dubai for a while. He's came back, um, and he's in there he's in there coaching. So I think uh, Colin will help Davey and 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 Del. Ways mm-hmm. experience. Um, a, that's a good. That's a good. I was going to say
1: that pick sounds pick. like a good,
2: good coup for them. Aye, tell you See if they could get him fit. What a left foot he's got. If they get him fit, he'll play. <laughs> he's, uh, he can play.
0: Do you see? Uh, looking at this weekend, we had uh, we had Ross Rosson from Maryhill on the other week. I mean, they're going to run through Maryhill. Their game against Ashfield called off on the weekend. happy to pick of the pick of the games in in Conference A this weekend.
1: Ross is we we played them in a in the pre season friendly. Ross. Ross is football daft. Ross is quite intense in what he does. He'll be working hard. I know on Saturday he had them in training. Uh, they'll be up for it. They'll not be an easy team to play against this year. Him and Peter will have them A uh, good shape about them, be hard to beat. So it'll be interesting to see how well they actually do this
0: year. And in conference B. Quite a few goals. Uh, Kaluka one, Wishart two, got Ken three, Port Glasgow four, Greenock Juniors nil, Johnston Burrow nil, Neilston six, Lugar Boswell Thistle nil, 3 three, Fourth Wanderers two. Six goals for Neilston. Any surprise there?
2: I think uh, Lugar have struggled of late, haven't they? The, the, the boys down there worked really, really hard, and that surface in there is fantastic, you know. We played against them previously, and I thought if they uh, chewed the surface up a wee bit, they maybe they maybe get on a <laughs> wee bit better because it's conducive to getting the ball down and, and actually playing. But they were a really young side, and, and I think probably no no surprise about the result. But I think if they keep doing what they're doing with the young the young guys that they've got there, you know, two three years time they could they could ever you know a team that's been together for a wee while and they maybe maybe start to improve a little. I think Wally Kinneborough will be
1: disappointed
2: at home in Port Glasgow I think uh, I think Wally was in the beach still, wasn't he? Was he away? I think Wally was in the beach, aye well, Do you know what?
1: He's actually scheduled to come on We've actually contacted him to come on He told us the other week that he was away but I thought he would, I actually thought he would be back by now. So there you go, he'll be saying because he wasn't there that, uh, that, was the no, that that was the result But That that's the result that surprised me uh, Kirluk look v Wisher
0: yeah,
1: Kaluks results in pre-season Haven't been, been great I think they'll be disappointed at home To get beat at home uh, And St Caddick's To be honest I can't really comment on St Caddick's Because I don't know a great deal about them I certainly know the guys at 4th work hard Always try to sign players But like yourself Jamie Every player we go for 4th have always seen to have spoke to them before we've got there I don't know <laughs> I don't know Dave up there. What's hard? he certainly must have everybody's telephone number in the in the game. But uh, yeah, I'm sure they'll be disappointed
2: with that. Yeah, everybody in New Mains phone tapped. That's why. That's why <laughs> it that. I think uh, I think Gap came though. I'll be disappointed with their with their loss. You know, new pitch, first league home game, west of Scotland, and I think they're looking to go and win that, aren't they? So. Oh. But that's in Port Glasgow, that's what I was saying earlier about the Darvill thing. Port Glasgow have been about for a long, long time. They've got a very, very good management team, a very experienced and shrewd management team mm-hmm. who played at the top level in juniors as well. So I'm not surprised that Port Glasgow went and got something there, to be honest with you.
0: This week's games: uh, Johnston Burr against Kalouk. Fourth Wanderers, Vale of Clyde, Lugard Boswell Thistle against Scott Ken. Glasgow, will take on Irving Victoria, St Caddox host Neilston, and Greenock juniors go to Vale of Leven.
1: Some tough ties there, isn't it? Go to Johnson Borough. Johnson Borough are flying. Some of their results of pre-season have been absolutely fantastic. That would
2: be my pick of the pick of the week that game there, I think. Nielsen coming off the back of a 6-0 win, you get the measure of where Saint Caddocks are in their yeah. well, in their change in the in their rebuild, I don't know what's going on with, with players since the change in management, but I think I saw a picture of the lad Z Menzies with the with the yeah, on, he's so there. I think Z went yeah. there. I mean, he's he's a great pedigree as well, so I think that will be the that will be the tie of the day in that in the in that division. I think.
0: And uh, the teams you manage, both both teams are in in Conference C. The only other game to go ahead on on Saturday was, uh, well, was it a shock? Kilsaith, Fordrum, Chapel, United nil. Um, we had Adam, Adam Hope on and, um, you know, they're obviously ambitious. They've, they've brought in some guys um, from the senior ranks. So to lose 4 nil would have been presumably a, a massive disappointment for, for their ambitions and where they wanted to go.
1: I'm halfway through the first half. The game's on the games on uh, the internet. So I've watched i watched the first half of it just to see what both teams. I was surprised. I was actually surprised by Drumchapel. I thought they might have, I actually thought they might have done a bit better. Uh just played really well. They've got a style of play that they want to play. They stuck to their game plan and actually moved probably moved Drumchapel about a bit. Found the spaces down the sides, crossed the ball in. And actually, I'm at two goals in at the moment, and that happens. That they're going to be absolutely disappointed with. Uh, I'm sure Adam will be will be raging at the way they conceded the first two goals. Anyway, but it was it enjoyable game so far. As I say, I've still to watch the second half. So yeah, uh, I certainly certainly an enjoyable game to watch.
0: You've got Glasgow Perthshire on the uh, on the weekend. Uh, Jamie, uh, have you have you had much experience? Facing them before and then how much of a challenge will that be for you? Yeah.
2: First game for Royal Albert when I took over as a manager, told them the team talk that nobody believed in them. Nobody would you know, nobody would back them. They'll come in here, Persia will battle them. When a half time, seven then So I told them that everybody was right at that point. <laughs> So I've got great memories of perthshire Um that season, actually, that season we were five 0 up at home against them at half time. Um, I think, if memory serves me right, I think we ended up winning five four. I think it was shaky at, at, at the end, but you know, I think Billy will have them. he'll of them well drilled. They're a good side. If the lad is still there, you know he's a handful, whether he plays at the back or whether he plays up top. Uh, the lad Thompson, he's an he's another one. He's a fantastic player as well. Great dead ball. So really. Uh, you know we'll, we'll go into that that game with we'll a bit of confidence for our victory, but we know it'll be a different game. Um, and as I say, they, they, they'll they'll be decent. They'll be a decent side. I think that'll be a I think that'll be a good a good game. it a measure of, again. Most of these games for us will be a measure of how how far we've come. They, they mm-hmm. really will be. And then the Drumchapel game, you know, I think cosy as I said earlier, Kilsyth have been in the block. They've been at the top level. Or, or, just under the top level in the juniors for a long time. Willie Sawyer scored a hat trick, didn't he? Mm-hmm. He scored over a hundred goals easily in the juniors. I know, I know, big Stewart, eh, assistant manager, pretty well. He came down my wee turn at Royal Albert when we were struggling. Um, but you know, Drum Chapel have waited about their business quietly. It's not as if they're, mm-hmm. they're throwing it yep. out there. You know, I spent a, I spent a, a, a wee bit of time at Garth Cairn, you know, and we were quite. You know, up front with the social media and talking about what we were going to do, and you know, we had big players, we'd signed Tam McManus, we'd kissed Dolan, we'd Scott Murphy, we'd signed Stuart Easton. These guys were all senior, all senior football players, and we found it tough. There's no, there's no magic wand. You can't just mm-hmm. go and throw, throw a load of players together, a good football players, and think it's going to click. It, it, it doesn't work like that. It needs managed. It needs a structure, and. and uh, if it's not right, then you won't win games of football. But as I say, Drumchapel, I've, I've went about the business, you know, quietly. I know Big John Cornley well, who's in there coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know they've signed Darian McKinnon, which is a big, you know, the big name. But I'm sure they'll they'll be hot by that, um, and they'll they'll bounce, they'll absolutely bounce back with that. I'm David Gormley,
0: manager of Rossville Football Club, and you're listening to Down the Divisions. Glasgow have re-signed striker Daniel Bamford on a season-long loan from Kilburnie Lakeside Maybole have brought in two new signings Corey Howard and Cami Marlowe have joined this week Mary Hill have added goalie Lewis Sanderson, the 20-year-old former Queen's Park and East Cup ride keeper, impressed during pre-season and Luka Boswell Thistle have appointed Greg Gallagher as their new boss, Greg has previously managed Craig, Mark and Gervin he's brought in Andy Reid as player coach I'm Jerry Rossi, player coach of Vale of Leithing. You're listening to Down the Divisions. Our guest this week is Thornywood United boss, Jamie Nesbitt. Um, we'll come on to your achievements as a manager in a moment, Jamie. Um, but, but playing-wise, for those who don't know, your career was cut short by, by a cruciate injury, and, and, and did that kind of speed up your move into the dugout?
2: It did, I. It did. Some will say not barely. <laughs> cut my career short <laughs> um, I'll say it was my I'll say it was my, my knee injury funnily enough I actually snapped my cruciate playing against New Mains that was really? I there snapped my cruciate playing against New Mains at and, New Mains and, and, no we were playing at Gasworks we were sharing with Lark Hall at the time um, and that, that kind of pushed me that kind of pushed me forward Ian McCluskey or Puskey as he's known in Lark Hall Puskey was a manager with a guy called John MacDonald um, who was the assistant it was just it was just the two of them, and he, he just said to me, look, once you're once you become a bit more mobile, do you fancy getting do you know do you fancy getting involved? Um, and that started with you know a warm up at training and doing this and doing that. And I'd always had my own ideas. I always wanted to go into coaching. Um, you know, a lot of people say he's a better coach than he was a player. They're probably right, but um, but I always wanted to get into it. I always felt I was pretty organised as a player. You know, I spoke a lot when I played. You know, for, for a young age, I always organised, so I always wanted to get in there. So that kind of that kind of fast tracked me, fast tracked me into it. And the guys at Royal Albert were brilliant with me. They, you know, they allowed me, they allowed me to go and take sessions. You know, once they seen that I wasn't messing about, they allowed me to go and take sessions. You know, straight straight away. So that kind of that helped push me on the on the road to coaching. I actually came back for the injury and played ten games. Did you? As as a as player coach, I and funnily enough the first game back was New Mains at at, at home. So <laughs> that was a bit of, that was a bit of a nervous one. But as I say, I only managed to I only managed to play for ten games and he was fine. But everything else was sore. Everything you know, I, I was I think I was thirty two. Everything else was sore. Um so I, I eventually I got the opportunity to go to Garth Cairns, the assistant manager and I thought, well, I'm wanting to give this a good shot so I'll go and take that on. That's a bit of progression. I'll go and take it on.
1: How did that come about assistant manager at uh, Gart Cairn, who was, the, who was the manager there at the time? Uh, Gary
2: Johnson was the manager at the time. Uh, during pre-season, uh, the lad Billy, apologise, I forget his surname, but Billy had phoned me and said, look, we're looking to get some experience in. Would you come in and be a player coach? And I said, look, Royal Albert have been great with me. I'm, I'm going to stay there. There's, there's no need for me to come up to Gart Cairn. I'll stay. And then, I um, Gary Johnson had heard that I was thinking about uh, hanging the boots up. My mate Dolsey, who's my assistant manager, mm-hmm. now, Dolsey played there, so Dolsey got Gary onto me, and it, you know, a couple of weeks, he took a couple of weeks, and he talked me around. and I thought, right, I'll, I'll go for it. You know, they were big, they were ambitious, you know, they'd all those players there, um, so I thought I'll, I'll, I'll jump at the chance to go and work at them. And do you know what? See, initially, initially, I'll be honest, I regretted because I thought, what have I, what have I done here? I've went for being I played at Royal Albert for a long time. Great chance to go and coach. You know, back playing and then you go you go there and you walk. Initially I regretted it, but see now, you know, having managed for a few years, that stood me in great stead. See that stint there, it was six, eight months. Stood me in great stead because I walked into a changing room full of full of great guys, by the way, but full of egos and demanding. Wow. So demanding, demanding at training. I hadn't seen a level like that before. So demanding at training. And it wasn't a, it wasn't really big-time stuff. It was just so demanding with regards to the way it should be, the way it should be run, how professional it should be. And that, in the beginning, I thought, I've, I've made a, a backside of this. But that actually stood me in good stead for when I became a manager, having and, that
0: experience. And how old were you then?
2: Yeah, I think I was 30, 32, 33. Right. Because it was when i just finished playing with Royal Albert. So, 30, I think it was 32, 32, 33. Um, so, that, that was, I look back on it now as, as a is a really good experience. And, you know, when we did win the league, you know, we picked, <laughs> we picked Garth Cairn to And I know I'm laughing. I'm laughing because um, Alec McDowell, you'll you know Alec. Alec very, well. very, very nice guy. Another another demanding guy, another passionate guy. But Alec turned up at, our, at one of our games. I think it was one of the evening time, uh, Times Cup games. He turned up a bottle of champagne for us. So I was, I was you know, it was a, a real, a real nice gesture. But as I say, that that experience initially I thought, what have you done? But after that, you know, it, when I look back, it stood me in good stead. And how to how to deal with the players and other players that I've got now, it, it stood me in good stead. First time I've ever heard Alec McDowell buy a drink. <laughs> so I think it was a Christmas present somebody gave it right? just it, was own, it? it was a pass me on was it Alec doesn't drink no he doesn't actually he just chucked the bottle bag <laughs> away at the motor <laughs> I'm
1: worried yeah. Alec if you're listening I'm not really
0: <laughs> I, I take it then when uh, when Royal Albert came calling to ask you, become, you know, to come back and become the manager it didn't need a lot of uh, consideration
2: I was at Cambus Lang at the time, so I finished up at Garp Cairn, right? And Paul McCall phoned me and he said, look, I've, uh, I've got a small band hanging over my head um, and I need somebody to help me out. I need somebody to do some coaching for me during the week. I think the, the, the coach was due to get a hip replacement as well. So I was actually quite lucky. So Paul said, just come in and help me at the end of the season. And they were um, they were top of the league at the time. Um, and I went in there and we did really well. Uh, and scraped over the line against Lanark in the last day of the season, we boy Messi scored a back heel outstanding, great cross and a back heel to get us promoted. And when when after that had taken place, Paul made some changes, he was bringing a whole whole team of young players in. I, I'd committed, I was in. I'd actually I think I'd actually signed as a player as well, believe it or not. I don't know why I'd done that, but anyway, I'd signed as a player, and then I got the call for Royal Albert to say that you know we're changing the manager we've changed the man we're going to change the manager we're not going to put it out for application we want to speak to you about it have a think about it and then we'll, we'll you know, come back to us it'll be a project there won't be any pressure and you go from being at Gart Cairn winning games and having the, the demanding pressure of winning games you go to campus Lang and you have that you know that nice pitch great environment good team win a promotion you know, and I'm pretty sure we got to the quarterfinals. He he won of the cup, so it was like the Central League Cup against Pollock, and an evening in it, Pollock. And I, I I thought about it, and I thought I don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm ready for that. And then I phoned Paul McCall right, and I said to Paul, look, I got this this chance to go to Royal Albert, but I'm apprehensive about it. There's no budget. It's a rebuilding job. Blah blah blah. And Paul said to me, you've got a chance to be your own man. Nobody ever phones. Hardly anybody ever phones these days and says. Will you take this job? He mm-hmm. said, "If I were you, I w- he said, if I, I were you, I would take it. I'll take it tomorrow. If I were you, he said, when you're in, you're in. If you're out, it's harder to get in. So I had a wee think about it. And I phoned Peter back and I just said to him, 'Right, right, let's go for it.'
0: That that was back in 2018, I think. And um, I mean, for people who don't know, I think Royal Albert was sitting second bottom of the second division. Um, no, I apologize. It was 2016 you took over, wasn't it? Yeah, 16, 2016. Yeah. And they were and run Albert were second bottom in the second division. And two years later, you'd guided them to their first title for almost 90 years. And I think, I think a lot of the boys who you used had been there, or quite a few of them had been there through their tough times as well. Um, so, so I mean, what, what? How did you go about doing that rebuilding job? Because it was it was some rebuilding job.
2: I stopped playing. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Um, nine of those lads that finished second bottom in that league have got a league winner's medal. Mm. So, the first season when I, when I went and we spoke about a three-year plan, right? The three-year plan was get a team on the pitch, compete in third year, really push for a promotion place, right? So, in the in the first season, I think in the first season we finished third or second bottom, eh, sorry third or fourth bottom, but we got um, more than 24 points. I think it was. I think we were three points away from finishing like fifth, right? But the the, the point the cumulative points was the most we'd had in like the past eight seasons. So when I looked at that, when I sat down and thought about it, you know, end of season. Um, well, the story goes: we played Ashfield the last game of the season. We were four 0 up. We drew four each. Right, that point got us. I think it was the 24, but it stopped us from getting the 26, which meant we were further down the table. Right, so I was sat, distraught, raging, you know, because I thought a, real, a mid-table finish we can kick on for the next season. But when you looked at it for the season, we had, when they picked up those points, and then you go and do that in your first season, that was that was real progression. But I couldn't see, I didn't see that at that point. And then I sat back and uh, at that point I tried to sign uh, three players, right? So I tried to sign Chris Dolan who's, who's my assistant as I mentioned before but Chris chose to go for Gap Cairn to, to Ross fail vale and play a league up for the rest of the season. I tried to sign a lad called Stuart McFarlane who's a left back that I played with at Les Mhago and I thought they would add a bit of experience and a bit of steel, right? But it wasn't the, the two players. It was done to the fact that over the pre-season we got together we eventually got those players in for the second season and we got through a a tough patch where we'd won I think we drew against Larnock and then we won seven and then I think we lost for pitch because the the, the drains collapsed so the panic set in where are we going to play what are we going to do Um, so all that season was a challenge but initially, initially I felt the season beforehand we'd scored well, right, but we conceded a lot, and I thought we, we need we need, as the saying goes, some LT We need some LTs at the back, and with a lad called Fraser Stobie, who was pretty young, um, but old and old in the heat, um, playing at the back, and with a lad called Barry Murdoch. Barry Murdoch's an exceptional football player, right? He he was a Gouws captain. He'd won the league. He'd been promoted on numerous occasions with the go. And they two there were solid, but I felt left and right we needed a bit we needed a bit more. So we managed to improve there, um, which stood us in good stead. So we got Stuart McFarlane in and we got John we got John Rennick in mid season. So it was two two proper old heads, two guys that are the same age as us, or the same age as me. But that, that made us that made us kinda of solid. And middle to front, I, I always felt we were good, even when I played, middle to front I always felt we were good at Royal Albert. But we just won the that you know, that old head at the back where we were streetwise at the back and the, and the, the goalie, Craig Smith, he's my goalie coach at Thornewood now, big Smiggy, had an absolute season in his life. And I mean a season in his life. And that guy, if anybody deserved a medal at that club, it was that guy He was there for 13 seasons and eventually won the league, obviously. I think that was my first year
1: at New Maine, my first year managing at the, the juniors would have be right in saying that that team you had they were a group of pals, wouldn't they? They were all they were the were local lads. Did they all know each other? Because it was a cause I always remember them in the clubhouse after, and I knew one or two of them that was in the team. But there was something they just won
2: games, didn't they? I always remind the gap game guys, right? See that league winning squad, nine of them off the coat Airdrie. Is that right? Yeah, nine of them off coat Airdrie. No, that's no, you know, the came. you know, they didn't it's me being it's me being flippant, right? But those guys some of those guys had played together for a long time. Barry Murdoch, Scott McLaughlin had played together the whole time. Alan Campbell, uh boy Aldo is actually from Lark Hall. That's he was, right. I think he was the only boy from Lark Hall. We see the right back. He was a striker. Striker. He's a striker. Uh, John Rennick was the right back, he's Fairdrive. Fraser Stobie's Fair. So the the back three of the back four were Freddy one was from Motherwell and the goalie was Freddy <laughs> so you know they, they boys had played together they gelled together um you know there was there was no magic wand it was it was mainly mainly about us getting organized getting organized knowing how we wanted to play and sticking to it
1: there's something crucial as you well know, you're missing out those boys never get paid They boys were and am I right in saying that? There other teams round about them, Gart Cairn at the time were going for it, were, were on, a, was on a really good budget. For, for you to do that and achieve it with with the resources of the budget you had was really a miracle, isn't it? Because historically, Royal Albert had been where, where new mains were as well. Looking They of the always the bottom bottom end of that division.
2: Uh, it's a real Royal of the Rovals, right? So there was a few guys who remained nameless who started saying, they're paying the players, they're paying the players. Nobody got paid, right? This is what happened. So, when we went to an away ground for a rate <laughs> within a radius, it was agreed, right? The driver got a tenner. That's what the guy's got. The guy got a tenner to put petrol in his motor, and you have no idea how much pressure I was under to get five in a motor. <laughs> and if somebody turned up one in a motor, if somebody turned up one in a motor, I wasn't getting my tenner if I drove. <laughs> so there was not one, there was not one player, uh, player got a signing on fee, got paid or anything like that, which was incredible. For what we done was incredible, especially with the with the teams that were running about us. were not only got here, and there was other teams in the league that were that were paying decent money, you know. And it, it, it just clicked. It was just one of those where it clicked. We went on a run, as I say. Do you know? Do you know the day that the, the day that everything changed? Right, we scored a last minute penalty against Lanark to get a draw, and we went to the changing room and the boys were celebrating, and the lad Dogsy came in, and he just he just he lost the plot. We're not celebrating a draw. I'm not here to celebrate draws, and that was the day I think where it clicked. I think all the boys were in about and thought, and even we Peter said to me, oh, he's a bit he's a bit full on Jamie. That's a good result. I'm like that, but that's. That's standards, that standards. Okay. And to be fair, the boys for that day on, they, they, they weren't gonna they weren't gonna lose a game. They weren't gonna lose a game. We never lost the game that season. We drew two, won the rest, won the league by one point. And also I think credit to that team.
1: They go up and they stay up. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. to to do that from the position where Royal Albert had been in. Again, you're
2: talking Royal that's miracle stuff. Aye, again we, we we strengthened so when we went up, again no money I managed to sign I managed to talk uh, Ryan Sullivan, a guy called Sully played with Hurlford and he played with, um, with Shorts, I managed to talk Sully into companies, I managed to talk Simon Eels into companies and Simon had played in the Premier League his, his whole career and been senior but he'd been injured he'd been out, he'd been injured, he was looking to get back into it, he's, he's friends with my brother-in-law and um, he, he, went on, he went on and improved us as well or well, those guys went on improved is that caliber of player um and did you keep your cool squad then I, uh, I, we only we lost we I only let I only let um I let two go um and I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure we kept we kept the rest um I let two go because I, I knew what we were bringing in and I knew it wasn't going to be fair to just leave them hanging about uh, I was probably too loyal with them so I, I, I just I let them go
0: I don't know if it was that bottle of champagne you mentioned Alec had given you, but um, just uh, around the time that that title was confirmed, did you have a bit of an incident in the uh, in the dressing room with the bottle of champagne? Me?
2: Yeah. No, I've been chucking champagne a bit for years, of course. Oh, I, 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 was, I was reading
0: something <laughs> earlier, did you not slip full length across the dressing room or
2: something? Is, 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 are these uh, rumours uh, not true, uh, oh, s- somebody sneaked Somebody sneaked a, a bottle of champagne over to me. For me to go go about the players, right? And we're in we're playing look Look at this point. And I've turned, I've started shaking this bottle of champagne, I've turned to go and start spraying at the players. I've turned, I've still got my boots on, right? I've turned, I've jumped, and I've went to go and spray the champagne and I've slipped in my boots right up in the air and held out of the bottle of champagne, landed, <laughs> cracked my head, cracked my arm, and the champagne never the champagne never sprayed. <laughs> As I said, no experience with champagne at that point, neither had. So, aye, that was uh, <laughs> that was funny, aye. That was funny. Uh,
0: and, 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 I mean, when it came to leaving, I think Rod Albert was sitting seventh in, in the first division. Did, did you just feel as though you'd taken them as far as you, you, you could take them, if you like, that you'd kind of reach that, that glass ceiling?
2: Aye, I think I heard somebody saying, I think it was Swift, they heard saying everybody's got a shelf life and you know, I, I'm fond of the guys at Royal Albert. Um, we uh, we did really, really well. Um, and I, I wanted to I wanted to move on. There was a few things that happened, right? We have tried to get players in. We couldn't get players in. We, but I always knew that finance was an issue, right? So I took that on. That was my responsibility. I took that on. And as I was saying earlier, I think it's... Doge is quite friendly with Stuart Livingston. I think it's Stuart Livingston to come in and play for me. I had to get Martin Hartley, who was my who was a coach for us, but had moved on to Dundee D eighteens. I had to get Martin to come in and play for me to help me out. And then comes a the point where your treatment table's that full that I actually played two games in the in the first division. Right? And Peter was having a go so Peter had to go at me saying and, and rightly so, I saw you lying crumbling in a park, you've got two kids and a wife. What are you doing? But I'm not going to leave my boys out there 10 v eleven. You know, so there was two games where I had to play and I thought, I don't know, you know, I don't know how long I can continue doing this for it. And I certainly, I was in no shape to play football, no, not that level, no shape to play football, right? Although I'm unbeaten in the first division, i will have that on record, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, it just got to a point where I'd done everything I could and I thought, if I leave at the end of the season... They're going to be struggling to get a manager in, or or, or scrape them to get a manager in. The job would have been attractive, right? They you were know, the first division. They had a team there. They're going to scrape to get somebody in. Um, so I thought it was best that I was up front at that point and say, look, you I'm going to finish up at the end of the season. And then I think Simon Simon Neal's got the job. Simon Neal's got the job for there. And I, I thought it was best for me to go and, and and do that because I didn't want to see them, you know, struggle. I really didn't, you know, my. I'll go back and watch games. My kids have got Royal Albert strips and Charlie will say to me, can we go and watch the Albert and stuff like that. So they, they, they've been kind of brought up with it. Um, so I didn't want struggle. struggles. I thought it was right. Time was right to, to go and move on. Jamie obviously mentioned Peter a
1: couple of times. Peter, it's Peter Higgins, isn't it? Up, at, up at, uh, That's right, uh, Royal Albert. and the, I think he, he's... I spoke to him quite a bit throughout lockdown and Peter... He's a passionate guy. He's Albert through and through, and I think maybe he's only got one other helper. Just for the, the, the sake of it, just how hard does that guy work up there, man? He's, he is Mr. Royal Albert, isn't he? Has anybody
2: deserved awards? It's, it's Peter Higgins. He's phenomenal. Aye. There's, Peter's, uh, Peter's obviously the mainstay. There's also a guy there called Donald Campbell. I couldn't have achieved what we achieved without Donald as well. Donald was outstanding with regards to the kit strips laid out. You know, he just did absolutely everything, registered players. And Peter, Peter is he's Mister he's Mister Albert, There's another guy um, Ross Stephen, who's no know there, know there as often. He gets called Stevie. I thought he was called Stevie at the day left. <laughs> that's a Ross, right? Um, he's another one. And there was a, there was a lad we we lost a guy guy yeah, called Billy Milson. Billy was a physio. But Billy had kept Royal Albert going with his own money. Him and him and Ross Stevenson kept it going with their own money. So, you know, they're passionate about their club. But as you say, Peter Peter's Mr Albert. You know, he's 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 all over it. But Donald Campbell does a lot as well, you know, to help him. And and you know, sometimes I saw it at Campus Lang, big committee, big divide, one subcommittee. Sometimes mm-hmm. it better off with two or three. Uh, sure. like, sometimes I'm better off with two or three um, and that's not me speaking highly, the, the campus land committee who were there when I was there because they all done a good job and they all chipped in but if there's Just only two happens. or three you there aye, if there's only two or three there then you, you know what's required but you know they guys they guys work tirelessly for, for that club, you know working hard to bring in sponsorship, you know new funds and, and the sponsorship and stuff like that always goes to equipment, it never goes to to, to gain somebody a brown envelope Peter would Peter would never, would never, ever do that. You know, and I asked him, I asked him, can we get some budget to to, to pay some players? Can we get to the first division? Can you get me some budget to give some sign-on fees? That's not the way this club's run. You know, you build a squad, you build a team and they play for one another. That's it.
0: You described yourself earlier as uh, the football nut, was it? Or football... What was the phrase you used? They used to say... um, Football crazies,
2: football daft. When I was a when I was a kid, a young kid.
0: So, so leaving leaving Royal Albert, I mean, how how long how long were you out of out of the dugout for then between going to Thornywood? Uh,
2: I think it was maybe three or four weeks tops. Oh, it was as soon as that? I was going to say. I mean, I just so I told Danielle that's it. I'll, I'll relax. You know, I've been full on. <laughs> like like management, Paul, will tell you, management. It's no part time. You don't you don't stop. You no. do not stop. It is absolute constant. If it's organising something for training, if it's trying to get somebody in, if it's working out what's happening on a Saturday. I mean we, I'm sitting on Saturday night and it, I'm not a great drinker, right? I'm too candan as well, but the the um Saturday night I'm sitting on the on WhatsApp to dozy talking about things that happened on the Saturday and straight away it's what will we do on Monday? No, it's what do you what do you wanna do, what do you want to work on? I want to work on this, I want to work on that. It's non-stop. It's non. I, I, honestly, I don't know how Janine has not put him out and moved Danielle in with her and now move in with him because it's constant. And every other manager will be every other manager. Paul, Telly, every other manager will be the same. I've so said, that I've, is, I've said that.
1: Honestly, I I do not exaggerate one, but and I've said it on year before. Guppy, who does the, the the team with me, so Guppy is an early bedder. He'll be in bed at ten o'clock. My last message will be at him at ten o'clock at night. And then I'll get a reply. He's up early with a wee fella. I'll get a reply at half past six, and that's it for the day. That that's it constantly. I said I, I said we message her forty times. It'd be more than that. That is seven days a week. That's when I'm on holiday. When he's on holiday. When we're out working, it's just constant because there's always so much going on. Even like tonight, we train at a school. The school tomorrow is not allowing us to train. So if they scramble about to get a pitch to train on, the Sports Centre will allow us to train. But the paperwork that we've got for training at Worship Sports Centre on a Monday is no it's the same paperwork, it's no good enough for a Wednesday. You're over signing, you know, signing paperwork. Even we things like that are the people just don't see. And I started off with guppy phoning this afternoon to try and book the park, and then I've ended up having to go and pay for it and sign the paperwork tonight. So it is absolutely continuous, and I don't think anybody will have an idea. However, what I will say is, we do it for a reason. We would all miss it if we never had it in our lives. I think. I say, football
2: crazy, football mad.
0: Was it? Was that what it was like those four weeks? So, I mean, been at the dugout for four weeks. Did you? Did you enjoy the break, or, or were you just itching to? Uh, did you feel like you were just missing something? I'm gonna come in. You must have known you were going there. T
2: Thornewood oh, yeah. no no hand on no. That. I had nowhere to go I had yep. nowhere to go I, I, uh, it came about because he caught her so I had nowhere I had nowhere to go I'd left Royal Albert I told Danielle I was having a break and if something came up in the summer you know I, I would go for it we, whilst we were Royal Albert managers right, I'll not tell you who but we had three clubs contact us asking us to apply for jobs and the Paul McCall phrase always ran through with me I, why would I apply mm-hmm. you know what you to take it or you don't no, no, brought up your application list. Is that so, after you won the championship? Or was after, that after, after we won the championship? After we won it, so you know we took the decision, we moved on, and uh, there was no, there was no, uh, there was no contact with Underwood, none. It was yeah. actually Cotter. Cotter got in touch with Dozy and said, "Listen, I'm resigning end the season. I've put your names forward. They want to get in touch with you." And then that week, that week, um Ian messaged me saying look we'd like to speak to you but um, I'm going I'm going to Portugal for a fortnight can you hang off you've no got any. he said to me you've not got in lined up have you and I said no I said look I'm local enough I'm, I live in Cote Bridge, but I'm from Burghead I'll come and I'll come and speak to you and then I spoke to him I think that took it into the third week spoke to him the third week James was supposed to take the team agreed to take the job James was supposed to take the team on the Saturday. And lo and behold, the, the the rain came and the game got called off. And we took over the following week, which was Vela Clyde at, at home. So I was no, you know, I was no no tip to go there at all. It just it came out, it came out the blue.
1: And tell our listeners a bit about Thornywood because it's a
2: big club. It's a big club. It's a sleeping giant. It's a sleeping giant. They they won a trophy a few years ago under Andy Frame. They were promoted to the Super League under Kieran McGuinness, and then as you know, you know, they the, the found themselves in the second division. It's got all the makings of being a club at that that sort of you know that old junior Super League or uh, Championship level. It, it really has. It's got the foundations for it, but um, it's going to be a long process to you know to get to there. Um, but
1: support-wise, certain- do you get the locals coming out and watching you on a Saturday? Aye, there's a
2: few, there's a few, there's a few come along. There's you see the same faces. there, we can be week They're really good and and really honest in their in their opinion. And the, uh, as we all know, there's no hiding for it on the on the old social media these days. Kind of go on a Saturday night and it's, you're not getting it. You get it on the Twitter. But um, there's the same there's the same crowd that come. The same core. There's you know 40 or 50. There's no not massive, but it's it's enough. And they're passionate about their clubs.
0: That's the bottom line. That's that's their Saturday. That's their getaway isn't it.
1: That's that, absolutely.
0: Did Did you feel any pressure, kind of, or added pressure going in there, uh, you know, following following a guy like James McKenna? He'll
2: tell you he get better parter than me. <laughs> tell you that. Um, My dad actually played with my dad played with cotter at St Anthony's a, a long time ago. I think when you see what he done with St Anthony's, um, you know, he knows he's a great calibre. Keeps St Anthony's in that division for a long time. But I think, um, you know, football has changed. Football has changed. We're talking about, you know, being a full-time manager. When I finished playing on a Saturday night, I'd come home and think about what I'd done and what I'd done wrong. What do I need to do? I don't, there, there is very, very few people in my opinion that go home and do that now. The guys just don't, they don't, I don't think they have it. You know, these days, when you, when you were brought up with football, as I'm saying, I'm football, crazy, football daft, right? Maybe it's me. It was the only sport I've done. Never done anything else. Didn't play golf, didn't play anything else. It was just fit, by fit, by fit, but that, that was my love. And maybe it's me that's too serious about it. But on a Saturday, I would probably overthink overthink what I'd you know, what, what done. I, I,
1: I don't game. think you are. I, I, I think if you've been beaten a Saturday, you can tell, as a manager, you can tell the guys who are hurting. You can tell the guys who's gone through the motions. And there is guys in there that just generally don't care if they've if they've been beat or not. I think there is that there is still guys I think in there that they do hurt. There is guys in there that, but there's a lot I think go through the motions as well. And and you see that where you'll go home on a Saturday night, you'll be texting Dozy. Dozy will be texting you. Where did it all go wrong? You'll be scrutinising yourself. Was it me? What did I do? I should have done that in the 60th minute. I took a wee note down. I, I never seen that maybe i should have changed it there do you know what i mean aye. Where it's, yeah, I, totally. I think especially when you're in management it's, it's, a, it's a different picture and then you're always trying even on the saturday night even if you've just got a chinese in and a glass of wine you're still thinking about it do you know what i mean the wife's trying to talk to you about a film on the telly and you're text, you're text you've got the phone in the other <laughs> and text. Aye, aye. you know it's just because then you're preparing and that's 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 your pride. That's what you do because you take the results personally. Aye, that's right.
0: I, I read some stuff. I think I don't know if it was somebody talking about you or whether it was you talking earlier. And I think you kind of you said or it said that you know you, you had kind of big ambitions. You wanted to manage at the top level. Is that where you you, you want to go ultimately? I mean, you're still what thirty. You're only thirty six now.
2: Thirty six. Aye, thirty six. Aye, yeah. When I realised I hadn't worked hard enough as a football player, it was too late. Um, I was released for the at 16. Chris Hillcote released me. He was the club captain. And Chris had said to me a million times, you need to work harder, you need to get fitter, you need to do something yourself. And I never done that. And then I went back to play with uh, my local team, Burgeti, and the, the guy who was the manager, a guy called Pat McGowan, and he was a Dumbarton captain for years, played against Celtic, against Paul McStay, picked up Man of the Matches. And he said to me, you need to do this, Nizzi, you need to do that, Nizzy. Ah, alright, no worries. I'll get away with it. I'm no bad, I'll get away with it. And then by the time I was kind of 28, 29, I realised I'm going to need to work a bit harder here. I'm going to do this. And then the injury comes and it's too late. So with regards to management, I want to do as best I can uh, in the management. And I would like to you know, aspire to go as far as I can. I said that when I was at Royal Albert. If that's taking Royal Albert up the divisions, that's fine. If it's taking Thornwood up the divisions, that's fine as well. I just want to pit myself against, you know, the guys that are the best. I listened to Tucker's interview, Tommy Sloan's interview the other week. Simplistic. absolute simplistic. And he's, he's, for me, he would be the benchmark. He did it year after Absolutely. year after year, rebuilding, changing players, bringing in. And he talked about going and watching, you know, teams that are, that are doing the divisions a bit. If fucking like Talbot Mans, you can go and watch teams that are doing the divisions to find a gem and bring them up then you, know, you don't need to go and spend thousands of pounds on, on somebody year after year.
1: Just on, on Tucker, knocking like I, I don't know if it was all fair or on air. I, I, I said to, to Tucker, because I like to maybe go and see how different people do things, and I said to him, he says, do you mind if I come down? He says, listen, Paul, you can come down anytime you want. He says, but it's simple. He says, we take him at the park at the side. He says, they'll do their running, uh, small-sided, short, sharp stuff. He says, and I've done that for the last 17 years. And I think to myself, do you know what? The guys went and won seven league titles, seven Sc- seven Scottish cups, is it? Do you yeah. know what I mean? You think to yourself, what was your style, Jamie? Are you hands-on coach on on the training field? Did you have Dozy doing a lot of the stuff? How, how does it work for I've yourself? Always, I've always
2: had um, I've always had a couple of people with me, right? So I usually take a step back, but this year it's just this year it's just me and Dozy. Some more hands-on this year. Um, but previously, is that you know yourself? You go to training for an hour and a half. You know the the boys are working all day. You want to keep it nice and simple for them. You want to keep it enjoyable for them because the last thing you want the last thing I hated was coming in from a work, getting a quick bite to eat, going over to Royal Albert or over to Lark Hall, sorry, training and getting ran for an hour. Mm-hmm. Nothing worse, absolutely none worse. The boys need to be motivated. They need to enjoy it. They need to want to come back. You know, and so so those will take. We'll, we'll kind of split. 50-50, maybe Dozy take a wee bit more actually, but um, in previous years I, I had uh, Martin Hartley would take some of it, Dozy would take some of it, and then at Colin Mitchell who would take some as well. Um, but this year I've been more hands-on than just the two years this year.
0: And, and you talk about you know wanting to manage at the highest level you can. When news of the West of Scotland League setup kind of first broke and, and the sort of the the piecing together or, or connecting the pyramid, you know, putting a proper pyramid in place that way. Did your eyes light up at that because it, it now gives you that chance to, if you don't, if nobody else comes in, you can just do it yourself. Aye, well, that that's been. I've always thought
2: so. I work for a company that's predominantly English, right? When I say junior, they go, oh, you're ten year old, eleven year old, twelve year old. Like, no, it's non it's non league, it's non league to you guys. So, that, I was uh, excited about the fact that 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 would open up now. As the conferences are just now, it would take a few years for you know for Thornleywood to get there it'd be challenging for the, the lone league status. But I mean I'm happy and I'm happy enough to go and, and try and pick my wits. You know, if it's West of Scotland Premier League Junior then then fair does. I listened to a, a podcast, um I'm trying to think of the guy's name. He was an ex Man City uh, player right and he, he spoke about his goals. He's got a fashion chain now, right? And he spoke about his goals and he said his goal was to play in the Premier League. And he did it. Rhys Mabara, Mabara, I think his name is right, he played in the Premier League for Man City, achieved his goal when he was 22, and that was him. He, he went to Bolton and Wigan after that. I know he's a successful businessman, but he's like, set your goals high, and if you achieve them, then reassess them and go again. He's like, I should have been, you know, try to be a Champions League player and not, you know, not a Premier League player. Um, So, as I say, I, I've got aspirations to manage at the top level in what we would call the West of Scotland League now. You know, if, if I do it, then absolutely fine. um And if I don't, well, I'll, I'll know I've gave it. I'll know I've gave it my all.
1: My name is Brown Ferguson, manager of Linlithgow Rose, and you are listening to Down the Divisions.
0: Which brings us to Inside the Mind. Each week, we'll put our guest on the spot to look deep into their psyche and discover some hidden stories. Right, Jamie, who was your idol as a boy?
2: Right. So I'll get a bit of doing for this, right? When I was a lad, well, first and foremost, my dad, right, my dad, I lost my dad when he was 46, I'm not an X-Factor story, right, but I lost my dad when he was 46, he was playing football, funnily enough, eh, when it happened, but my dad was a massive influence he was always driving me to, to be the best that, that I could, and if you ever get a chance to speak to John Conley, we lived next door to one another, he can tell you some stories about my dad lashing buzz at John when he was, when he was a kid as well, so, you know, I, I need to give him a wee mention, but I'll get um, as I say I'll get a bit of grief for this. So um, Billy McKinley is actually a, a family friend of ours, So <laughs> apparently when I was younger, I'll deny this, right? but Apparently when I was younger, I used to run about shouting Billy McKinley, Billy McKinley, <laughs> and I used to get taken up to Tanadice um, most you know most weeks to go to go and watch them. So I probably say when I went to, you know I went to watch football, I'd, I'd be I'd be shouting about Billy McKinley, and I, I, he gave us a. Uh, the opportunity to go down into Blackburn and, and, and see the players in there. I mean, watching the Premier League when I was younger, Tim Sherwood was outstanding as well, but um, my mates used to give me a doing at school about, about Billy McKinley and Badger this and Badger that. So I'll stick to it and I'll, I'll, say, I'll say Billy McKinley was a bit of an influence as well.
0: Good answer. Uh, who's the toughest opponent you faced? Right. I played in an
2: era where there was players... So, like, Maxie at Ashfield. I played against Maxie at Ashfield in Vizier, was there and I went on to play in the, the Premier League with him. Um, there was another few who played at that level. Um, I think the lad, uh, Eddie Monaghan, was at Port Glasgow at the time. He went on to play in the Scottish Cup final. Uh, there was a guy, I think it was John Paul Dow, I think his name was. He was exceptional. He played in the Scottish Cup final for Largs. There was a lad called John Curry at 4th. Who uh, is who was outstanding, he's a Celtic sports scientist. I tried to sign John. He's at, at Park Keith weekend week come could, play for Royal Albert. <laughs> but um you know having a think about it, Graham Gracie at Lark Call was always difficult. Um Deco at Campus Lang, the boy Thomas Martin. when he first came out of the scene he was he was unstoppable. He, he's actually the lad, Callum Graham just now at Ashfield. That's how good Deco was in, absolutely on fire. But the toughest that I played against by a country mile, um, was Robbie Winters. He was a Great. mile above everybody else. He, I think he was 40 year old. I'm running about shouting, he's 40, somebody get close to him. He was a mile ahead of everybody when he was at Rossville. In fact, I think Robbie Winters won a second division medal and, a, and I think he won another medal. I think he went to Pollock and won a medal the same season. I think he went and played with them at the end of the season. So, Robbie Winters, by a by a mile, good dundee United connection as well, I
0: suppose, would mm-hmm. be biased. What's, uh, what's the favourite football top you've worn and why? Uh, we had a black, all-black Hummel
2: strip at Royal Albert. Um, and I remember, I've got fond memories of playing in that. As I said earlier, after I lost my dad, I started to screw the wig and work a bit harder. I got myself fitter. Um, and I remember having some good performances in that, in that, in that strip. So that's one that, that sticks out in mind.
0: Uh,
2: who's the best player you've played with? Right, this is tough. <laughs> this is tough. If I don't mention Chris Dolan, I'll get a doing uh, <laughs> tomorrow morning at football, so I better mention Chris. Chris has got an absolute one day left foot. We're through school together. He'll tell you a good story, though, about um, in the school trials. I'm all right-sided. I was playing certain mid and I kept going to the right and he's screaming over, I'm not going to the team keys keys the ball this side, you? And another few of choice words. Um so Chris was Chris will be up there. It was a lad called I don't know if Paul's aware of this lad, a lad called Nicky Sullivan that played no. at Les no. like don't know Absolute world. He was at Hamilton Ackeys, played for Les Mehagel for years. He could do anything what he did a ball. Nicky was outstanding. Mark Keegan's I don't know if you know Mark Keegan's. Mark played with uh, Lanark, he was at Hamilton Ackeys, New Stevenson when I was a lad. Mark Keegan's I think he was he was unwell recently. I wish Keogh's all the best. Mark, Mark was a fantastic striker, brilliant striker. He was holding defenders after when he was 16 year old. You know he was outstanding. Um, but probably uh, the best player that I played with would have been a guy called Barry Murdoch. I mentioned him earlier on. Yeah. Barry's played centre, but for me, you'll know him, Paul, red red yep. headed lad. For, for the level that I played at. Barry Murdoch could have done anything with a ball that he wanted to. Left foot, right foot, free kicks, dead ball. You know, defending and, and defending's an art. Bas defending isn't an art. Folk would look at him and go, oh, run away for him. No chance. He was always in the right position. read the game well. And as I say, left foot, right foot. Bas Murdoch by a by a, by a distance for me it was outstanding.
0: And what's the best practical joke you've seen played?
2: Right. This is a family show, isn't it?
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um that's that's tough. Let me um let me paint a scene, right? So I used to play for fourth. I dropped for fourth to play with Royal Albert. Fourth challenge for promotion the season before and I go to a, a team at the bottom of the league. So I'm up at fourth, what to prove a point, right? So Paul Anderson's the manager, I'm running about trying to kick everything and he did every ball and all the rest of it. And our captain, David Dixon,'s injured. So, David Dixon's in the changing room and has a wee laugh. So, full time we lose. We lose full time. I'm in. I wouldn't like to be in the trenches we use. I wouldn't do this, I wouldn't do that. Continues into the shower, have a shower, come out. I'm still going after the shower. Pulls my trousers on and goes to pull my socks on. They cut the feet of my socks, pull the socks right to my knees. <laughs> absolutely raging. So, that, that's probably the, the, the worst that's <laughs> happened to me. Jack McLear at Thornywood. Actually, Jack McLear at Thornywood. He's a lad we got on loan for Clyde Bank. It was his birthday. I can't remember what age. It was a wee milestone birthday. But the boys wrapped he, the boys wrapped his motor in, in cling film or, or pallet wrap. The whole motor. We Fiesta wrapped the whole wrapped the whole motor. Um, but one of the funniest things, the one of the funniest things that I've seen. Right, my brother-in-law played with Swifty at at, uh, at Irvine Meadow, right? And one of the funniest things that I've seen. We went to the, me and my wife, my brother-in-law, and his he's, he's missus, we went to the Irving medal, put the Year dance, right? It was a carberry, and the guy that was singing looked like Kami, You know, if it's Soccer Saturday, right, the guy's spitting the image of Cami. Chris Camara. But they come, to a, they come to a bit where they're doing a raffle draw, right? And the, the, the guy in the committee, he gets something, he's number 14, that's the kettle, and number 20, that's the whiskey, come on. And Swifty was sat with us, right? <laughs> and the next minute he just gets up. Walks the length of the hall, takes the mic, starts by saying, Let's end this hell, right? <laughs> takes over, takes over the, the player of the year dance. It was like stand up. I'd never seen that like this before in my life. It was hilarious. It was like stand up. So he starts doing the raffle and shouting folk out, but his folk are coming to get the raffle. He's destroying them about their haircut, what they're wearing, telling folk at the back to sit down and all that. And I think actually he moved to Paul. I think he moved to Paul Pollock after that, but <laughs> for one of the funniest things I've seen in Junior football, Maybe not a practical joke, but swiftly taking over the player of the year dance at, at the meadow and, uh, and taking control of it was was hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. My name's Tommy
1: Sloan, O'Connor Talbot manager. You're listening to Down the Divisions.
0: Well, before we finish up, we're we'll clear up the Down the Divisions decider. Uh, just a reminder of the clues. The club we're looking for this week Currently have no home, but played at their last ground for over 100 years. They're named after a Scottish warrior. They featured in the very first televised Scottish Junior Cup final in 1977, which they lost, and their former players include Marvin Andrews, Chick Charnley, Stevie Chalmers, and Andy Ritchie. I mean, Jamie's football daft, so I think the pressure's on, Jamie. And with the answer, because you
1: dropped a clanger.
0: By mentioning them earlier?
1: No mentioning, but we went. We picked a game. You picked a game. to look at During
2: the, the results, and I went. I know I
0: did.
2: Yeah, oh, it's there. <laughs> I know I did. That was my
0: fifth clue, and I mentioned it tonight.
2: I've missed. I've totally missed it, and I'm you going to get this. Des- I'm going to get destroyed for this. <laughs> I, w- I went through school doing quizzes with Ozi and Fitba, and I'm not even joking about that. I'm going to get hammered about this. I'm 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 lost. Sorry. Oh, fucking Rab Roy.
0: Correct. I
1: I never knew it, Anna, Anna, and it wasn't until I seen the it was Darv would be Kirk and it one of was I was looking at it on my phone. I thought, yeah, it's there. Aye. It,
0: they played at uh, Adamsley Park Aye. and now share at uh, Cumberland right United's Guys Meadow. There you go. So there you go. Jamie, thanks for thanks for joining us tonight. All the best for, Great, the, uh, Jamie, for the rest of the season. Hope it all goes well at, at Thornywood, and um, you can obviously continue where you you started off on the weekend. Really appreciate you coming on. No worries. Thanks for having me. Don't forget you can get in touch with comments or suggestions for people to speak to or if you'd like your club's audio featured on the show. Our email address is downthedivisions at gmail.com. That's divisions at gmail.com. Or you can get in touch via Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Do leave a comment which helps others find us and subscribe to get alerts when our latest episode is released. We'll be back next Friday on Down the Divisions.